So listen, just a reminder, our sponsor, WeAudition.com, is a total full-service platform for actors. If you need somebody to read with you or somebody, you just want somebody to rehearse with you and just, I need somebody to read with me, then there are all these people who are kind of online all the time. And so they just keep their computers on. And so you say, I need somebody with a Texas accent. You know, there are people available like 24-7. And people give advice. People go on and they ask questions. And they say, you know, how do I get an an agent in Atlanta? And then somebody will answer and sort of thing. I mean, it's it's really a pretty cool deal. The good news is, Anybody who listens to our podcast gets a 25% discount by plugging in the code acting class. Anyway, I suggest that you try it out because it's terrific. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. So I want to, I'm going to give you some dialogue and I just want you to just think if you saw this dialogue written down, just what would go through your head about, let's say, the character. Then I'm going to have Teo and Greg describe the character trait. I guess, of the person who said this. Okay, so here is the gist of the dialogue. I was visiting my aunt who lives across the street and she has diabetes and she's had both of her legs amputated. And I can't have kids because I was born with sickle cell anemia. I could use some money to get back to the Bronx. I'm in Gun Hill at the homeless shelter there. And I'm from originally from South Carolina. And I came up here uh, to see my aunt, but I can't really see her because of COVID. Um, but, but because of her diabetes, she had both of her legs amputated. Okay. So that is the gist of the actual dialogue of a person on the street in front of our building the other night. And the reason I think this is interesting, because if you saw this dialogue, you would immediately, I think, jump to a conclusion about how to play this. I mean, just off the top of your head, you're going to lose this, but off the top of your head, what would you think? But that's this particular dialogue. Anybody? wants to be taken care of, wants help. Mm -hmm. And and the personality, the character trait would be what? How would you describe it? Weak, sad, sort of inward. Anybody else want to add to it? Downtrodden. Anybody else have thoughts? But I think Walker pretty well said it. Okay, now, Teo and Greg, would you tell everybody about the personality of this woman? You just you can both talk at the same time. He was upbeat and full of energy, and yeah, no, I think Walker is absolutely right when he said you look at this and you think 
such a victim mentality that I'm gonna play her weak and sort of like inward and depressed and like I need help. But this woman, she was just the total opposite. Like after Teo gave her the money, she was like, I'm no bitch, I'll fucking do 20 push-ups right now. And Teo's like, no, no, please, you don't have to do it. She's like, no, I'll do it, I was in the army, I'll do it. So it's like, she was playing like she was very you could tell she was this strong woman and she had like this oomph and that's the way she came across it wasn't nothing weak at all poor me none of that so it was all about listen to what i've survived listen to what i've overcome well here's what's really interesting because i've analyzed this scene several times she wanted money and we knew she was going to ask that. I know, and you knew she was going to. You knew she was going to ask for money. So, you know, there's this kind of thing uh, that goes into it. So, first of all, there is the dialogue. Then there is the kind of, like, bottom line of what's really going on, which is, you know, we might call the action. And uh, but this thing going on underneath, and then there is this character. So it's like all of these things go together. And that's what makes it so interesting. And the reason that I found it so interesting is because Teo and Greg have both uh, been auditioning lately. And, and so we're, I put them on tape like once a week, each of them. And so there are things that we that we try to do. I mean, there's things that we try to do when uh, when we're doing auditioning. So one of the things that I do when I'm working with people on auditions is actually specifically work on trying to come up with something that is slight different than what I assume everybody else is going to bring into the room. And by into the room, of course, I don't mean over these video auditions, but it's just something that hits me. It has hit me for a long time. I think it's hit me because I've been auditioning actors since the summer of 1968. So this is... God, I should be dead. Anyway, so, but there's just something, you know, who do I remember? Who are the actors I remember? I mean, they're, you know, they're actors who've had huge careers that, you know, early in their careers, they came into audition for a film or, or a after school special I was doing, or uh, the New York Shakespeare Festival where I first worked. So it's like, you don't remember that many people, but boy, there's some people I remember. And it's because there was something of a revelation in their work. There was something unexpected. Um, you, you sit there and you watch, and, you know, my absolute belief about auditioning is everyone wants you to succeed. They are desperate to cast this piece. They are desperate for you to be what they're looking for so they can go home. Because when you're, you know, they're there until they cast it. And they just see it, and they see it, and they see it, and they see it. And there was a thing that Brando said in that documentary that's 
really sort of nice about and and I I quote it all the time because I think it's so good. And he says, you know, you want to make them stop the popcorn from the popcorn bag to their mouth. I mean, it's a funny concept, but I I love that concept because it means I'm so interesting that you, you no one can eat popcorn while while I'm on screen, while I'm on stage. And you want the same thing in audition. So I always kind of look at it that way. And I think to myself, okay, this has to be slightly, I may use technical, I mean, totally non-technical terms like make the stakes higher. But it's the reason when we look at things like the sequence of thoughts, which seems like such a simple concept. But but it's you talk about this, then you talk about this, then you talk about this, then you talk about this. And with each thing that you talk about, there's something slightly different because it's a new thought. And it's just like life. Uh, you have a new thought. And so because it's a new thought, you have a slightly different relationship to it. So what it means is that I actively pursue what is my specific relationship to this thought. I mean, you spend a lot of time digging, digging, digging. It's a reason that Kareem and I have been working on this monologue of his for a year. I mean, we have a couple of privates a week where we work on it, so it's not like eight hours of rehearsal, but nonetheless, it's like every time we dig a little bit deeper, we find something a little bit deeper, and we find something a little bit more interesting. And it's it's like we can have an hour conversation about one thing uh, because we keep finding new things. Well, in, in the best of all possible worlds, that's what you would want to do. The character trait, which just came to me while I was watching this homeless woman, and I mean, she was fabulous. I mean, she was seriously fabulous. And I thought, this is such a brilliant performance. I mean, this is brilliant. If somebody were playing a homeless person and they walked in and made the choice that she was this energetic, fun character, you'd sit there and you go, that's it. That's the part. Uh, And it goes back to my favorite thing. Teo was doing an audition today and he said, ah, I see. We are doing the, I'm going to tell them what they're looking for. Um, Because it wasn't how it was described. And so we just found a different road into it. But you know, it's, you know, finally you have to get to the point where you where you feel like doing that. Anyway, that was a very interesting thing. Those are the sort of things that I just, you know, I'd, I'd look at and I think, oh, my God, you, you, you couldn't do that. I cannot imagine an actor coming in with a performance that woman did on the, you know, the other night on the street. I mean, you'd, you'd lose it because it, it's so brilliant. You have to really understand how many human experiences exist in a plot. Michelle had this question on Thursday because she's working, I assume it's in another monologue class. Uh, She's working on a character 
character that was abused. And you see, the, the thing is, if you're not careful, you're going to st- sit back and you're going to say, oh, this is a homeless woman and this is the dialogue. Obviously, she's depressed. She's da, 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 da. Oh, this is a girl who was was abused. So obviously she's, and so I leap into the cliche of what that means rather than looking and saying, oh my God, you know, I, there, there's so many things I can choose from. And that's when you begin to shop. That's when you begin to shop for choices. And I swear to you, that's, you know, that really is the sort of thing that happens when, when you walk in and, and you know, pe- well, I, I, it used to be it's all it's all changed now because everybody's audition is on tape. So what that means is, and it's good, of course, and bad. It's good because more people can audition because it's a lot when somebody comes in to audition. I mean, it's it's like you always a lot five minutes each. It's ten minutes, and then you get hours behind. Because you have to say hello, and you have to read, and then you have to talk. You know, this way we can see a lot of people. But there used to be a moment when people came in live that you're suddenly sitting and you're going, uh, <laughs> you're thinking to yourself, oh, there's that scene again. God, I hate this dialogue. Can we rewrite it? I mean, because you've, you've now heard 25 people do the same half page of dialogue or more. And then somebody comes in and they're phenomenal. They do something you have not thought of. You, they do something that, that, that's a total surprise. And you suddenly look up and go, oh, I'm sorry, who is that again? So that's always good. Now, of course, because everybody is on their lunch break, where they're watching a three-minute tape, that means I can re- easily watch 15 auditions over lunch. And so now... It's like looking at you and getting somebody to stop eating their salad. So it's, it, and a lot of that just has to do with, with somebody going in and, and showing us what we're looking for. We think we know what we're looking for. And we have an idea what we're looking for, but we don't really know what we're looking for. We are waiting for the part to appear. I Don't Need an Acting Class is hosted and created by Milton Justice. Senior producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music by Jeffrey Kieser Trio. May This Be Love from their album On My Way to You. If you have a moment, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us. And uh, if you would like to send an email, if you have a question for Milton, you can do so at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Another way to get in touch is on Instagram at I don't need an acting class. It's brought to you by weaudition.com, a full service online platform for actors. And if you sign up and use the code acting class, get 25% off again Get 25% off when you use the code ACTINGCLASS. Again, the website is weaudition.com. 
Have a fabulous week, everybody, and we will see you back here next time.